0: Heights to the depths of the sea.
1: Because you did not know the time of your visitation, you didn't understand what this event was all about. You should have known Jerusalem. You should have known Jews who have studied the Word of God, who have known about it. You should have known this.
0: Welcome everyone to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor and Teacher Rob Kellogg. Today in our study, Pastor Rob takes us to the Gospel of Luke as Jesus entered Jerusalem while the multitudes are praising him as the king of Israel. And he also brings us to God's prophetic message in the book of Daniel, when Daniel was given the message of the exact time that Jesus would ride on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. We see a remarkable fulfillment of a prophecy. A Gentile king made a decree, and 483 years later, to the day, Jesus presented himself as the Messiah, the Prince, to Israel. There was only one occasion in our Lord's earthly ministry on which he is depicted as presenting himself openly as Zion's king, the so-called triumphal entry. Now here's Pastor Rob.
1: On a, on a white horse or a horse, a stallion of some kind, in victory, often having the loot from the land or even prisoners that they had taken captive, would be in the entourage as these generals or kings would make their way back into their hometown, claiming victory. That's what Titus Vespasian did. When you look on the in uh, in, in Rome and you see the um, the um, uh, the ark there, the arch, it has a picture on the side of them, of Titus Vespasian coming into Rome with the slaves that they had taken captive, the Jews. And it shows them with the menorah coming into Rome with the menorah. Very similar thing. And a king would do that when he's coming to conquer. But Jesus came to save. He didn't come to conquer yet. He didn't come to conquer yet, but there is a time when he is coming that he will conquer. And let me just read it to you, because this is one of my favorite portions of Scripture, and I'll just read it to you. You can see it, um, uh, well, you see the reference, you can write it down. But notice what's going to happen when Jesus finally does come back in his second coming. He's not going to come as the meek and mild Jesus laying in a manger, paying the price for sin. No, he's already done that, but when he does come back, he's going to come back with vengeance. He's going to come back with vengeance. And he's going to exact judgment on this world. It is still yet future to us. After the church has been raptured, there's going to be a time we've looked at this in Revelation of 7 years of great tribulation where the man of sin will rise some A notable European ruler will rise and he will revive the old Roman Empire and he will be the one that will unite the world in a one-world government, a one-world economy, and a one-world religion. And all those things right now concurrently are beginning to form very nicely. We looked at that a few weeks ago. It's all happening. And yet... At the end of that, Jesus will come back. And what does it tell us in Revelation 19, verse 11? Let me read it to you. Now I saw heaven open, John says, as as God has given in this vision. And behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except for himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Who is this? king of glory as we sang it is Jesus Christ coming back and no he's not coming back with and and to save souls he's coming back to exact vengeance upon a world that has rejected his only offer of salvation are you ready for that? And I say that because if you're a Christian, you'll never see this. You'll be coming back with him. The Bible tells us that. In fact, let's go on and look what it says. So he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Guess what? That's you and I we're coming back. After we're raptured, we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye, given new bodies, but we will come back with him, and he will exact the vengeance, and we will just be coming back with him to the earth for a thousand years. The Bible calls it The thousand year reign of Christ. We know it as the millennium. But notice the armies of heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule, will rule them, excuse me, with a rod of iron. And he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. And here's his name. That wonderful name the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who's coming back on a white horse. He came first on a donkey, but when he comes back again, folks, he's coming back with the king of all creation, and it's not going to be pretty for those on the earth. For those on the earth, do you think God loves people? He does. God says that he does not delight in the death of the wicked, He does not. It's not his will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance, to turn around from their wicked ways and to follow him and to be born again. So Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. He should have been heralded by the Jews, by everyone, but he was not except for a few. And notice the indictment that he tells them at the the bottom there of Luke chapter 19. He's going to allow the city to be leveled. It was around 30, 32 A.D., somewhere in that area. And Jesus told them at that time, around 30, between 30, around 32 A.D., because you did not know the time of your visitation, you didn't understand what this event was all about, you should have known. Jerusalem. You should have known Jews who have studied the word of God, who have known about it. You should have known this. And in Jesus, when he's speaking in these verses in verse 43 and 44 in Luke's gospel, when it talks about that there'll be no no stone left, um, uh, no, that the, they would leave, not leave, one stone wouldn't be left upon another. In, in other words, there would be the, the Jerusalem itself would be raised to the ground, and that's exactly what happened. It happened. And there's proof of that, because here I am on the, um, the southwest side of the Temple Mount, and this was March of 2020 during COVID. We were over in Israel, and these are the very same stones that the Romans dragged off the Temple Mount. We weren't really supposed to be here but there was nobody around, and so I I got a picture of me standing on those rocks. But those those are the rocks. That is the fulfillment of this prophecy. Jerusalem in 70 A.D. was raised, and they dragged those huge ashlars from Herod's temple. They dragged them off the side, and they lay there to this day. They lay there to this day. So, why is this triumphal entry so significant? Because it is the fulfillment of prophecy. Um, you might want to write down in the margin of your Bible here in John, write down uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. Now, we're just going to go through this, and um, some of you have, have heard some of this before. But notice with me, this is one of the most significant verses, prophecies in the Bible. Notice in Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, the angel Gabriel comes to Daniel while he's in exile, while he's taken captive. He is now a young, uh, actually at this time he's an old man, but now he's in, he's in Babylon and the Lord gives to him this prophecy, which we have fulfilled now. And this prophecy was about 550 years prior to the event that we're looking at right now, of Jesus riding in on the donkey. Notice what it says. It says, "...70 weeks are determined for your people, Daniel, your people, the Jews, and for your holy city, speaking of Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy." Many of these things have not yet even still been fulfilled. But notice what it says in verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth, notice this, the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks and we believe we, we know these are weeks of years, not literal weeks, but weeks of years we 'll look at that in a minute, but there shall be seven weeks and sixty two weeks, a total of sixty nine weeks, and the streets shall be built again, and the wall, speaking of Jerusalem, even in troublous times, and after the sixty two weeks, in other words, after that sixty ninth week, because they assume you already looked at the first seven, and after the sixty two weeks, messiah. The Mashiach Nagid, the Messiah, the Prince, the King, he shall be cut off. Literally, he will be killed, but not for himself. He wasn't killed because he did anything wrong. Rather, he died for others. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary And the end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Now there's another verse after this that we're not going to spend any time on because it goes outside of the scope of what we're looking at today. But who is the people of the prince that shall come, that shall destroy the city? We believe this revived Roman emperor, this this man of sin the Bible calls the Antichrist, who is yet to come on the planet, or he may be alive today, we don't know. But he's going to rise to power, and the Bible calls him a a prince, the prince that shall come. And the people of the prince, who were they that destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD? The Romans. The Romans. The people of the prince that shall come. Do you see that? From the revived Roman emperor, this this leader will stand. The Bible talks a lot about that. We don't have time to go into it, but he is going to be the one. But the people of the prince are going to destroy the city. When did that happen? 70 A.D. We know that that happened. The people of prince that shall come, they destroyed the city. But we know that these are 70, uh, and there's another verse which we didn't look at. We better just quickly go through that because this won't make sense if we don't. Now in, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, I don't have it for you up here, but it says... And this is the very next verse in uh, 27 in Daniel chapter 9. Then, after these things, then he, speaking of this prince that shall come, this Antichrist, he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In other words, a week of years, a seven-year period. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. We know that the Antichrist will have a temple built after the church is removed in the uh, great Tribulation period, their, their temple will be built again. But midway through that, there is, he's going to break a covenant with the people of Israel. And he's going to force them to worship him. And he will set an image of himself in that temple. And they will be forced to worship him. And then they will realize there's something wrong. But this, this 70th week, this last week of years, is yet future to us now. So there's been a huge gap of time from this time of the beginning, the command to go forth to rebuild in Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, until he would ride in. After that, there'd be a great gap of time. And you and I are in that gap of time right now. We call it the church age. The church age. We'll look at that. But notice that seventy-sevens or weeks of years, this idea has precedent in the Bible. The Sabbath for the land, in Leviticus, it tells us that. That there's a seven-year period. It's a Sabbath. Work six six years and let the land grow fallow for the seventh year. Give the land a Sabbath. What about the year of Jubilee? Forty-nine years. And then on the 50th year, seventy-sevens, seventy or seven weeks of years. And then We know, so now we have something to figure out here, and again, very significant. While the Jews were in Babylon, there were four decrees that were made, and we're not going to go into any of these in great detail except for the last one. There were four decrees. The first one was by Cyrus, king of Persia, in 536 B.C. The second one was by Darius in 519 BC, and then the third, Artaxerxes Longimanus, 458 BC, and the same gentleman in 445 BC made a a decree. But we know that the first decree that was made by Cyrus spoke of and it's recorded for us in Chronicles 36 and Ezra chapter 1, but it only speaks of the rebuilding of the temple. It doesn't talk about the streets and the gates in troublous times. It doesn't refer to this because this is referring to the temple. Well, what about the second decree from Darius that's recorded for us in Ezra chapter 5 through 6? It speaks of, if you read it, it speaks of the rebuilding of the temple, and it's a reiteration of Cyrus's decree, And then finally the third decree by Artaxerxes Longimanus, King of Persia. It's recorded for us in Ezra seven. That decree was speaking of provision for the priests and the sacrifices and the articles for the house of God, but nothing about the streets, nothing about the the gates and the wall of Jerusalem. But there is one, the very fourth one, is recorded for us in Nehemiah chapter two. In fact, if you turn with me to Nehemiah chapter two, <coughs> excuse me. And this speaks specifically to the repair of the walls and to rebuild the city's walls and gates. To rebuild the city's walls and gates. And remember, Nehemiah was one of the captives from Jerusalem that got led into captivity. And while he was there, he actually served under King Artaxerxes. It tells us, and we're just going to look at the first uh, handful of verses in Nehemiah chapter 2, it says, "...and it came to pass..." In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when, when wine was before him, and notice Nehemiah says that I took wine and I gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before, and therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid, and I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lie waste? Notice And the gates are burned with fire. And then the king said to me, well, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I love this. Even though his prayer is not recorded, it's a very quick prayer because he's got to answer the king who's waiting for him. And I would think that the prayer would probably go something like this. Help, Lord. (laughs) Help, Lord. What do I say? Help me to be succinct. Because I'm standing before Artaxerxes. And then he said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. And then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, How long will your journey be, and when will you return? And so it pleased the king to send me, and I set a time. And furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me, uh, for the governors of the region beyond the Euphrates River, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple for the city wall. Notice this and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted it to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. And then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. And when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite officially heard it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. And look at verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there for three days. And then I arose in the night, and I, and I had a few men with me. And I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night. I rode through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuse gate. And notice, I viewed the walls of Jerusalem. This is the decree or the command that Artaxerxes had given to Nehemiah. That command to go and to build. He says, The walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were burned with fire. And then I went out to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in, uh, in the night by the valley, and I viewed what? The wall. And then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And nobody knew what I was doing. (laughs) Now let's go back to our prophecy here in Daniel. The command to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. We know that was this, this decree or this command that Artaxerxes had given to Nehemiah. Now one thing we have to understand about... God's prophetic calendar is that he deals with 30 day months and years that are 360 days. That was the Jewish and the Babylonian calendar, and there's plenty of examples for that which we won't get into now. But they dealt in 30 day, 30 month periods, 360 days in a year. So the Lord was giving to the Jews. And us, an equation to solve. Remember, it says that from the going forth of the commandment until the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, and then 62 weeks, a total of 69 weeks of years. So we take those 69 weeks of years, times that by seven years, that gives us 483 years. And we multiply that by another 360 days, it gives us a total of 173,880 days. Now, time doesn't permit us to really talk about the division. Why was it seven weeks of years and then 62? We're not going to talk about that right now. There, there are some conjectures about what that may be. But nonetheless, it's a total of 69 years. So, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, when was the first time that Jesus allowed himself to, be, to go into Jerusalem and be heralded as the king? Was there any time in the Gospels that Jesus did that and that the people received it or a a small minority received it? Not until now. Not until now. It was a very specific, very specific day and they called him the Messiah the Prince, the Mashiach Nagid. Messiah the King would come. So from that commandment, from that time when Artaxerxes made that command until Jesus rode in on that donkey. We've got some math to do, don't we? And we look at it. So on our calendar, when was on our calendar, when was the decree made? We know that it was march fourteenth, four hundred forty five BC. That was the beginning. And now we go forward sixty nine weeks of years. 173,880 days, taking into account the leap years and all of that. You fast forward from that command, 69 weeks. What do you come to? April 6, 32 AD. What's the significance of this day? It's the very day that Jesus rode in on this donkey, fulfilling the prophecies of Daniel that were written 500 years, at least 550 years prior He fulfilled that very succinctly, and very few people knew it. And that's why he said, you didn't know this day of your visitation. You didn't know, you didn't understand what this was all about. And this was the one time that he went into Jerusalem as the king of Israel, the king of all creation. And a handful knew about it, but for the vast majority of Israel, completely blinded to it completely blinded to it let's take a look at just the math this is one of the, this is really profound so i hope you got your slide rules out so if we look at 445 bc to 32 a.d that's 476 years in our calendar in our gregorian calendar
0: that's all the time we have for today but please join us next time as pastor rob continues our study in the book of john